Welcome to the Blue Fire Digital Network, a podcast network dedicated to spreading the gospel through all avenues. Welcome to the Godly Fathers Podcast, a podcast for young dads trying to live a godly life and raise godly children. I'm your host, Morgan Monroe. Let's get into the dad life. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1.5 For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, 13 and 14 Well, hello, and welcome to the first official episode of the Godly Fathers podcast. Uh, If you have not listened to my intro video and would like a little bit of a background as to uh, who I am and why this podcast exists, uh, go back and listen to episode zero real quick. Um, But yeah, this is the first real episode, and the devil is already trying to take me out. Already, uh, so last week, my laptop battery finally gave out on me. Now, this MacBook Pro has been oh so good to me. Uh, I've had it for, I think, seven years now. Uh, I got it summer of 2015, I want to say, my summer before my junior year in high school. Uh, But just uh, starting last week, it uh, now only works if it is plugged into a power source. Um. And even then, if it is working too hard, it shuts off. So if it sounds like I'm starting and stopping uh, throughout the recording of this podcast, I am. <laughs> uh, we're going to make do with what we can, though. And, uh, you know, God always provides. So hopefully I can either uh, get this repaired for cheap or uh, an opportunity to come along for me to get a new computer, um, which I, is kind of you know, fitting because this, uh, you know, this situation, it's hard to deal with. And we got a hard first topic, uh, episode one, uh, how parents should react to Roe v. Wade and what comes next. I know some people are already going to want to click off. They'd be like, wow, this guy is starting strong, (laughs) but I feel like, I feel like I need to, I feel like this is the first real episode and I need to lay the groundwork. I need to just, (sighs) there's no hiding it, right? There's not going to be any hiding, how I feel about this situation and there's no, not going to be any hiding, uh, what God thinks about the situation. Um, so why not start strong? And this is all, this is still kind of topical. You know, this decision came down, uh, you know, not even a month ago at the recording of this. Um, so it's pretty topical. I'm going to have to cover topical things every now and then. Otherwise, I have no idea how I'm going to do an episode every other week for the foreseeable future. I'm just, I will run out of things to talk about. <laughs> uh, so it, it, yeah, I'll have to do topical things every now and then. So why not start strong? Um, th- though I will go ahead and say I am sorry <laughs> that this first real episode is going to be a heavy topic that might upset some people. Um, I promise next episode is going to be fun. I'm going to be doing a little sit down with my dad, ask him some, ask him some questions and maybe have some back and forth and, uh, it should be a a lighthearted, uh, fun episode. Uh, but, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the, the hard stuff here. Uh, before we really get into it, I do want to say 
uh, there is grace and forgiveness to those who have had abortions. I feel like that there's not, that, that just needs to be addressed. I feel like that's not said enough in the church and in Christian circles, you know, you are forgiven. And then there's also a lot of people who I've been hearing about in the last year or two who they've, they didn't know all the facts. And so they got an abortion. And then once they do know everything, they're like, oh my God, what have I done? There's, there's grace to you. And, um, there's, there's forgiveness. Um, and, and also if you're already typing a hateful comment or leaving a one-star review, (laughs) uh, that's cool. Uh, I'm glad we got it over with right now. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, I hope that if you do disagree with me or anything I'm about to say, I want to do my best to cite my sources where I can. Uh, and if I don't, uh, this is readily available information. I hope you guys can uh, you know, take the step to look out. And I hope you're able to sit down with me uh, on this ride and just just see what what society has to say, what science has to say, and more, most importantly, what God has to say. And then if you're wondering, well, this is a parenting podcast, why, why, what does this have to do with parenting? We're going to get to that as well. I hope that even if you disagree with me going into this, that you at least sit through however long this talk is going to be. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you hear everything I have to say and you still disagree with me, that's okay. I'm, I'm not going to pick a fight with you. Um, one, it's not worth my energy, but, uh, you know, at, at the end of this, this, this is a podcast for Christians, not that you can't listen to it if you're not a Christian, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, this is a hard topic to really fight for or against if you don't believe in souls. Um, and so if our worldviews really just differ that much, um, that, that just is, that's going to be what it's going to be. And, you know, I'm not going to, not going to call you out. Not going to be mean to you. Uh, I just ask that, you know, if if you listen to this, you still disagree with me. That's okay. We'll just agree to disagree and go our own separate ways. Um, but we need to make sure that we don't, as a society, or more importantly, in our own already existing relationships, that we don't become more divided. There's a good chance that what is happening in the world over the last couple of years is intentional to drive humans apart from other humans. It used to be that like, yeah, okay, we don't want to talk about politics or this or that at the family dinner because it's going to make that one crazy uncle get hysterical. <laughs> you know, I have, I have that kind of uncle, uh, you know, and, and you don't just avoid the topics, but at the end of the day, you're still going to love those people and you're still going to tolerate them and uh, have them around in your life, but I, I can't tell you how many people I saw on Facebook the the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I saw saying just crazy things like, you know, if you disagree with me, and, I, and to be fair, I did see it on both sides, but it was mostly the uh, pro-abortion, pro-death people who were saying it. They were saying, if you are happy that Roe v. Wade was overturned, unfriend me, or I hate you, or things like that. It was crazy to me how much how much of that was going on. And it feels like there's always something new. It always feels like something new is coming up to further divide us. And it it's sad to see. So no matter what end of the spectrum you're on, prepare your heart. 
so that you can always hear both sides of an issue. And this this doesn't just uh, equate to here. I have a friend who adamantly hates Imagine Dragons, but I think Imagine Dragons are a pretty okay band, you know? But I have to have the respect to to sometimes just not fight, you know? Just sometimes be like, it's going to be what it's going to be. They're stuck in their ways. There's only so much I can do. I will give my... Uh, my opinions and my thoughts and the reasons behind my answers when given the opportunity. But at the end of the day, it is just going to be what it's going to be. So please don't let this or anything else be the means to further divide you uh, socially in the grand scheme of society, but more importantly, in your already existing uh, relationships, friendships uh, with your family, your friends, your coworkers, whatever, we need to get back to a more peaceful existence where it's okay for people to, like I said, just a minute ago, agree to disagree. All right. So I'm going to have this in four very distinct categories and we'll kind of go from there. We're going to talk about, and I will start and stop in those, those periods. Uh, maybe I'll have some nice sounds of a dad mowing his lawn in between the segments or something. Uh, first we're going to talk about the political and cultural uh, effects of why this is happening, why people are reacting, uh, and, and what is the, the good, uh, on that standpoint. Then we're going to talk about some science-based arguments. So a lot of people say that, well, we don't know when life begins or this or that. And science is very clear. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about, uh, the emotional side of things. <laughs> There's a lot of emotional arguments. Uh, so we'll get into that as well. And then finally, we'll talk about what's next. And that's going to be specifically to people who are already parents. It's like, okay, this is a parenting podcast. What directly does Roe v. Wade have to do with that? I think, well, quite frankly, I think part of it's obvious, right? I mean, if you're, if abortion is part of the equation, or sorry, if it's uh, a, a something you're viewing as an option, uh, that means you are a parent to be. That by itself, uh, should open it up to be a, 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 a topic that we can talk about here. Now, you might have noticed in those four topics, I'm not talking too much about religion and not, not talking too much about what God has to say about that. I opened up with those uh, two Bible verses. Again, that's Jeremiah 1.5 and Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14. Uh, I, some of that is going to come back up. Uh, I am going to get some into that, but I can't tell you how many people will just shut you off the moment you start giving biblical answers because they don't, they don't believe in God. And if they do, it's not the God of the Bible. And they just believe that the Bible is this ancient book, uh, <laughs> written by, uh, one or two people and, and then it's all fake. Uh, and the Bible has no legitimate historical significance. Now that might be a cool topic to get into at some point on a different episode is the legitimacy of the Bible. Um, but the real reason I'm not going to get too in-depth with that here is because a lot of people will hear, oh, here he goes on the Bible or God, and they will just immediately zone you out, and they're not going to take anything you say uh, seriously. Um, so I, I want this to be something that will equip you to have these conversations with people, um, and if they don't have that Christian worldview... Um, here's some things that you can still maybe convince them that abortion is wrong or why this decision isn't isn't bad or isn't scary. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and 
get started here. Uh, now, granted, uh, I do want to have some reoccurring uh, short segments at the beginning of these podcasts. Uh, this is, We're already 11 minutes into this thing, <laughs> and we haven't really got to the meat and potatoes of this. My note sheet for this episode is three pages long, so I'm going to keep these brief for today. Uh, normally, I'll go a little bit more into it. Uh, segment one, dad joke. Segment two, a baby update for me. Uh, let you know where I am in my own dad life. Uh, and then we'll hop into the real thing for dad jokes. I just wanted to have something light and fun, especially since, you know, occasionally we are going to have episodes like this where we're going to get into like the nitty gritty hard topic. So it's good to keep it light at the beginning. Uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you my favorite dad joke that I've heard so far this year. This was actually a, a something that uh, I heard a pastor say at, at church uh, this Father's Day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they were telling dad jokes at my church. Uh, it was great. He said, I was at work with, I was at work the other day. My boss told me to have a good day. So I went home. <laughs> that is quality. That is quality comedy at its finest. Uh, I will probably read off one or two dad jokes just to give you guys a little bit of cringe. Uh, there's an awesome list of 200 dad jokes on menshealth.com. So I'll probably read a couple from there. Uh, I, I honestly don't really know if this is a segment that'll stick too well, because I feel like me telling a joke to essentially myself, no one else is in the room when I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how well this, this will stick. Uh, maybe if I have guests on or something, then we'll get more into the dad joke thing, but we'll see. Um, make sure you're following uh, the Godly Fathers podcast on both Instagram and uh, Facebook. And I'll make sure just occasionally I'll leave some kind of post where you can comment uh, and just let me know your your favorite dad joke or, just, or a real good one. And uh, maybe we can read some of those on a future episode. Uh, baby update. Uh, my wife is 22 weeks along at the recording of this video. It is uh, July 18th at the recording of this video. Uh, my baby is the size of a papaya and weighs as much as five tangerines. Now, I don't know what that means. <laughs> if you're a man like me and you're just like, okay, but but like, how can I equate that to me? Like, how many strips of bacon is that? <laughs> I couldn't necessarily find the answer to that very easily. Uh, but something that I feel like uh, more more of guys my age will get is uh, my child is currently the size of a Game Boy Color. <laughs> now, that's something I vaguely remember. That, that's something that I'm like, oh, wow, okay, yeah. Uh, I, my wife has an, an app that uh it tracks the size of our baby our baby's name is uh maya and it's like always giving like fruits and stuff so it was nice to uh see a size comparison of something else <laughs> uh which is really cool uh at 22 weeks uh maya she's basically developed she's got her arms she's got her legs she's got her toes her fingers her face is pretty much done being developed uh and she's growing hair and she's she's uh getting her fingernails and her toenails and all the weird stuff uh so that's really cool and i mean at the time that this episode comes out uh she might be viable i mean babies are viable at 24 weeks i i guess uh, i don't know what the percentage of survival is at that point but that's crazy and uh youngest baby ever born is 21 weeks and five days which is th that's sorry youngest to be born and survive uh which means like i mean maya's there i just think that's crazy i think that's incredible how far we've come with medical technology that we can uh 
keep babies alive that long. Because I mean, really, I mean, you know, pregnancies are, I think, like 40 weeks. So that's only halfway through. That's crazy to me. But anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this. All right, let's get into this first segment, the politics and the culture. Uh, I will go ahead and say, going into this, that there's going to be a little overlap in between all of the different topics. There's very little information here that really strictly belongs in one category or the other, but I don't think that matters. <laughs> we'll just get into this. Uh, so first of all, what does Roe v. Wade getting overturned mean for the general populace? Uh, I think some people are scared that it means just like straight up ban on abortion, which while some people would argue that that's, that would be great. That would be an awesome thing. Uh, that is not what is happening. Um, basically it's, it's just going back to the States to choose what the States are going to do. And there's a lot of reasons why that's a good thing. Uh, primarily because it's good to view, every state has its, has its own experiment, right? Like if one state tries another thing and another state is trying another thing, especially when they're over something similar, then you can be like, you you can compare notes, right? And see what's working, what isn't working. Uh, look at my home state of Kansas, right? Uh, we cut funding recently to schools pretty hardcore, couple years ago that hasn't worked as well here (laughs) as to maybe some other state that uh didn't cut it as much or maybe they gave more funding um look at you know some areas where they've cut the uh police force down a lot uh well crime has skyrocketed okay (laughs) um so yeah it's it's good to treat these states differently uh the the less that the uh, federal government has control in the the normal person's everyday to day life, the better. Um, but it, it should also be stated that this could flip. All right, the uh, the court has different topics that they talk about and discuss and vote on reoccurringly. Uh, for example, I think Ruby Wade is gone. A couple of times, I think, or uh, related uh, points of discussion have gone through the court. Now, keep in mind that it could go back. It it could go back to federally you have the quote-unquote right uh, to an abortion. That that could go back to the federal uh, level someday if the the court goes back to a uh, Democratic majority, which it it might uh, even next election like who knows how long that's going to be um so that's something to keep in mind uh now something i i have it written down later on my notes but i'll go ahead and mention it now that's why this is so um it why it's so important for you to vote on the local level like uh, most people i know will go down and they will vote uh for the president every four years but for a lot of people, it's it starts and ends there. And I think it's really important that uh, we pay more attention to local politics. I'm trying my best in the last couple months to really start paying attention to that stuff. Uh, 
Kansas, where I live, is a very weird state. In a lot of ways, we would be, quote-unquote, the one of the most free states. <laughs> like, we have almost no regulation on firearms. Uh, our, our alcohol laws are still kind of weird, just because they're... I don't, I don't know what, what that's about. Um, but we're one of the states where if some of these other states are... Uh, they're straight up banning abortions or they are... Um, more strict about when you can or can't get an abortion, a lot of those people uh, will get sent here to Kansas to get an abortion, uh, which is something that everyone should be aware of. If if you are uh, working for someone or are financially supporting someone who does that, who will pay for to move their employees elsewhere to get an abortion, uh, that's very exploitative. Blech. I know how to speak um, in, in the sense that the reason that they want you to do they companies want you to have an abortion. I hope you, you guys know that, right? Like they want you to get an abortion so they don't have to pay for your maternity leave. And so they can keep you working. It's very, very messed up. And if you have the means to stop working there, I mean, don't just quit your job because, some guy who on the first episode of his podcast told you to quit your job, right? Like, don't do that. Um, but if you have the means to go somewhere else or you have another opportunity or you have uh, other options and you don't have to keep financially supporting companies that do that, that's something you should be considering. Uh, I know some people consider that to be extreme, but I mean, uh, you know, it's important to literally vote, but it's also important to vote with our dollars, um, which is part of why Chick-fil-A has become so successful. Uh, and we're not going to get uh, too far into talking about chick-fil-a here <laughs> but it's a it's a good example and it's something to keep in mind um another thing on the uh cultural level i i think it's really interesting because a lot of states here have gotten quite strict uh like a lot of states have gotten to where there's straight up no abortion after a certain period of time I saw, I wish, oh, I should have screenshotted it. There was some actress who she posted a picture or selfie of her in Paris, Paris, France, uh, saying, take me back, beautiful place, and uh, you have uh, less strict abortion rights, which is quite tone deaf and wrong. <laughs> uh, in France, abortions are illegal at 14 weeks, period. Now, granted, a, a lot of this is just going to come down to a lot of people just don't know what they're talking about, and some of it is going to be ignorance, right? But some of it is just they just don't know because no one's told them, uh, which is why I'm making this this episode is so that you will now know and you can tell other people, right? Um, so I thought that was I thought that was a weird example. Another example. This is maybe the craziest one to me with our current social climate here in the states because here in the the far left they will cancel you over anything and everything even if it's something you did like 20 years ago and has no current relevancy to anyone or anything why is that not true with margaret sanger okay so margaret sanger for anyone who doesn't know uh was a huge uh woman's right advocate uh, uh bleh, sorry women's rights advocate 
in the early 20th century. Uh, she is one of the founders of Planned Parenthood, uh, and she was really pushing for, you know, women's right to health care uh, or quote-unquote health care. Uh, abortion is not health care. Um, but she was a terribly wicked, evil person. I'm sorry, she was. Uh, and part of why she was pushing so hard for this, and she was very vocal about it. This is not hard information for you to find. Uh, she, part of why she was pushing so hard for this was to, quote, clean out the gene pool, where she was basically trying to eradicate black people. If we have less black people, then America will be for the better. And I think what's incredibly heartbreaking and messed up about this is that it's kind of worked. Right? Because, I mean, African Americans make up about, uh, I'm pretty sure it's like 12% of the population in the States. I guess I could fact check that right real quick while I'm saying this. But it's about for every one non-black baby uh, who is aborted here in the States, there are five black babies who are aborted. So to an extent, Margaret Singer's goal has is, is being accomplished. And they, uh, Planned Parenthood does disproportionately, um, target black women to abort their babies. And I really encourage anyone to really go read some testimonies of people who have had to deal with Planned Parenthood. It is an incredibly evil, messed up company. They always say that, oh, they're helping women. They do all sorts of things. They give health care and stuff. But really, their bottom line is get more abortions at any, at, at any cost. And their numbers, ask anyone who has ever worked for Planned Parenthood who is willing to speak up about this, is that they will skew their numbers intentionally to make it look like that. Um, their abortions uh, make up almost all of their profit because on a normal... Uh, if a woman is going for multiple appointments to get an abortion, they will clump that all together and count that as one uh, as one appointment, whereas they do the opposite in the other situation. So on paper, it would look like that abortions only make up a small percentage of their uh, what they're doing, but it's really, uh, financially, it's almost everything that they do. Uh, Planned Parenthood is evil, and Margaret Sanger was evil. So the, the whole point of me bringing this up is some food for thought, really, is how, has, how have they not been canceled, right? I mean, this is a, a woman who has died a long time ago, but I mean, we, we canceled Dr. Seuss for crying out loud, and we're not going to cancel this incredibly evil, racist person. It's mind-boggling to me. Uh, culturally, what's, go, what's good going on, right? What, do we, what good is coming out of this situation? Um, well, granted, I should, I should lead into it with saying, I think one of the biggest things that we have failed as a culture to do is normalize the sexual revolution, right? Like the whole my body, my choice thing and getting to sleep around with anyone that you want to for any reason, just for fun, uh, and, and normalizing having sex outside of wedlock, I can tell you firsthand 
that that is terrible. <laughs> uh, it, it, it messes people up. It causes commitment issues. And it's really skewed our perception of morality. Um, but now we're seeing uh, a huge change in Gen Z's sexual patterns or what they're telling us. Like in the day and age where you can get on Tinder and just find someone to hook up with, uh, sex is cheap. Now, I'm not just completely trash-talking Tinder. I actually met my wife on Tinder, and we had a, have had many... Uh, we've had a nice time, all right? <laughs> so not to completely trash-talk you know, dating apps or anyone who uses them, but, I mean, that's, that's what a lot of people use it for, right? Something we should be aware of. Um, but, you know, a lot of Gen Zers are coming out and saying, okay, well, now we're scheduling vasectomies. Condom sales are going up. Uh, we're deleting our, our dating apps. Like, we're trying to be more serious about our relationships. Like, this all sounds like good things. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. That was something I thought was interesting that I was uh, starting to see and hear a decent amount about. All right, let's get into some science-based arguments. Now, again, I, I specifically want to address some things without using too much biblical application, because again, as soon as people start hearing you talk about God or the Bible, they are going to just look away. They're going to stop listening. Uh, you know, I obviously that's all very important. We are all beautifully and wonderfully made right? We all carry the Omago Day, which is the image of God. Um, but a lot of people just won't want to hear that. So it's important to have that separation. But let's go ahead and get into this. So I think one of the biggest arguments that people will make is we don't know when life begins, right? I've heard so many pro-choice people say that, that they don't know when life begins. So how can we really say, okay, abortions are okay at this point or another point, right? Like some people are okay with uh, murdering your child, uh, you know, 12 weeks in, but not 13 weeks in. Well, what's the magic number? Uh, truth is, uh, as well as we can mostly predict how a baby develops, it is different for every baby. Uh, and there's not any magical there's no magical number, right? Uh, at, at, for at what point along in a pregnancy, the child becomes human, right? We also hear like, oh, it's just a clump of cells. Okay, well, cells that are making what? <laughs> right? I just think that's interesting. Like, it's not at any point going to turn into a, uh, a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex or, I don't know, a, a car, right? Like, it, it, it is a human. It is forming a human. Its DNA is set in stone. So it's just a clump of cells. Yeah, human cells. <laughs> but when does life begin? Uh, I was thinking that I was going to get some really skewed answers, right? You type something into Google. Google is a, you know, big tech, like total extreme to the left. You wouldn't think that you could just type this in and get truth. Google, when does life begin? overwhelming answer is fertilization. That's right. The second your sex is ending, <laughs> boom, that's life. And this is, I, I went ahead and read multiple articles just to make sure that this was like, not just like the general consensus. I wanted to make sure that this was like, like basically no one was disputing this. 
Uh, 96% of biologists believe that life begins at fertilization, uh, no, no exception. Uh, which I think is really interesting because a lot of people think that this whole like argument is is fueled by right wing conservative Christians. Well, from what I've been able to find, and granted, I don't know how extensive this this survey was, but from what I could tell, only about thirty percent of biologists are even Christians. Which then wouldn't give you the ninety six percent number of biologists believing that fertilization or sorry, that life begins at fertilization. I just thought that was really I thought that was really cool that something like that, even right now, uh, as this is happening and this is like this is the golden calf of the left is abortion. I just thought it was interesting. All right. Another scientific argument that people will make is sometimes abortion is necessary to save the life of the mother. This is not true. Uh, a lot of people have uh, used, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people have used the examples of miscarriages. Um, I was shocked, actually, to find that a lot of miscarriages don't even require treatment. Uh, and if they do, it's usually just after it has happened, you go to the doctor and they make sure you're cleared out. But on a legal basis, um, even a lot of the stricter, like as far as I know, every state, for example, another podcast I listen to is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. Uh, Kyle, who hosts the show, um, he's from Oklahoma, the state right south of me, right? And they are uh, one of the strictest states in the country as far as uh, abortion goes. And even they have specifically worded it so where miscarriages don't count, right? Uh, a lot of miscarriages are, are just, they just happen and it's sad. Um, so, but they don't count, right? It's the same thing as <sighs> cremation is the same thing as burning a person alive. What? Like that doesn't make any sense, right? If the child, the, uh, abortion is intentionally ending the life of the baby, right? So if the baby has already passed on, removing it that is not legally an abortion so please please be careful with the propaganda that you're hearing that says otherwise because it's not true do a little bit of research it's going to become quite obvious um an ectopic pregnancy is also do not count this is an ectopic uh pregnancy uh i believe uh oh, what's the what's the exact word uh salpent uh, i don't remember there's a more uh, fancier term. I was going to use it and try to sound smart, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, that is when the uh, fertilized egg uh, gets stuck in the fallopian tube. At this point, uh, our current technology, we do not have a way to save that baby. With our current technology, we don't have a way to do that, and it will just continue to be a problem, and mom will die if that is not dealt with. That is incredibly tragic, but that does not fall under the abortion category because the baby doesn't, the egg doesn't get moved to where it needs to go. Uh, and again, all of these, these abortion laws, even in the strict States that are getting rid of abortion, uh, very early on or straight up completely. Um, they still are worded to where that doesn't count. Now, this one is the most mind boggling argument I've heard is that the baby is a parasite. I've literally heard people say that. 
All right, let's read the definition of a parasite, all right? This is from uh, uh, the Oxford Dictionary. An organism that lives in or on an organism of another species, of another species, in parentheses, its host, and benefits by deriving nutrients at the other's expense. I could go ask my wife, right? (laughs) Do you kind of feel like this baby is just draining you? And I mean, the baby is probably draining her. Like, she's tired a lot of the time. She doesn't have the energy she once did. She's hungry all the time, right? That is true. So I, I, you could say that the baby is there. But even by that, the parasite, it, it's of another species. Again, like what I was saying earlier, that baby is not going to come out as a Honda Civic, all right? It is not going to come out as a donkey. It's not going to come out as a Venus flytrap, right? It is human. Which then goes into my next point, which is the my body, my choice, which these two statements contradict each other. All right, listen closely here. All right, my body, my choice. Okay, if it was your body, it can't be a parasite, right? Because that is a different organism of a different species that is living in you. All right, if anyone ever tries to make both of these arguments, I mean, with as much grace as possible, try to point out that that's wrong. <laughs> um, but it's also not, right? Uh, at the moment of fertilization, this baby has this genetic code written in stone. It's in its entire DNA strand, boom, in existence. And it, it you can now, on a scientific level, explain what this child is going to be. Is it going to be a boy or a girl? How tall are they going to be? What color is their skin going to be? What color are their eyes? Uh, is their hair going to be straight, curly? Like, like all of this is determined at fertilization because that baby now has its own DNA. When you uh, go and you have, um, if you if the if a doctor needs a blood sample of the baby for any reason, right? They have to get they have to get it from the baby. They have to go in there and get the blood sample from the baby. They can't take it of mom, right? Because it's not the same. That baby might not even have the same blood type as mom. So the my body, my choice on a scientific level doesn't make sense, and it does contradict the baby as a parasite argument. Now, please, 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 please pray for the people who say this last one. It is not yet human. Guys, this is an incredibly evil statement. And it is a lie from the devil himself. I have seen protest pictures of women who are pregnant with their belly exposed and written on not yet human. That is mind boggling to me. (laughs) How do they feel that child? I mean, these are women that are so pregnant that they're, that thing is kicking, right? It's kicking. It's keeping them up at night. (laughs) It's giving them a hard time. It's keeping them from eating certain kinds of foods, right? Giving them weird cravings. You can't say that that thing is not alive. And if they said, well, yeah, it's alive, but it's not a human. Okay, well, please tell me at at what point, at what point is it human, right? It's crazy. And these are women who are well past the point of viability, right? Viability, we stated earlier in the episode, is 22 weeks, right? Of a 40-week pregnancy, right? These are women who are well past that right? These are women who are about to pop. Like these, 
for babies who are born that early, right? Who are preemies. And, and, uh, my wife, she just had a friend who, uh, recently had her baby and she was like almost a month early or something crazy. Was that not human yet? What about, excuse the gra- the graphic, but what is so magic about coming out of your mom that all of a sudden, boom, you're human? I mean, nothing has changed about you on the genetic level, right? I don't know. So please pray for those people. All right, so before we get into the emotional arguments, there's actually one other thing I wanted to add. And that is, could I go up to, or anyone, go up to my wife and convince her that the thing inside of her is not alive or not human or not her own, right? Which, granted, that's what Planned Parenthood is trying to do, right? But I have a friend who I I do consider him a very good friend. He's very left-winging. He doesn't believe in God. Um, and he believes that abortions fall under women's mandatory health care, right? And he posted a a uh, a thing that was basically saying that it's not. It's not alive. The baby is not alive, and it has no use. And when I saw that, I, I was seeing him later that day, and I had to do a bit of a heart check for myself, right, and and realize that, I need to have more grace with people and I need to check myself before I speak. But I wanted to ask him, I was like, can you go up to my wife and convince her that that thing is not alive? Like she is feeling my move. She is feeling my daughter grow every day, move around. It's crazy. All right. We're going to go ahead and get into some of the emotional arguments. Now, Emotional arguments uh, is probably not the best descriptor for this, but I didn't really know what else to call it. Um, So you guys can let me know what you think. But uh, one quote is, there are too many kids to adopt and too many kids in the foster system. So we're actually doing them a favor by murdering them in the womb. What? (laughs) What? Those kids still matter, right? Like, oh, well, there's already too many kids to adopt and there's already too many kids in the foster system and the adoption system is is messed up. The foster system is messed up, which it is. So that means let's kill those kids and we're doing them a favor. It's better to be dead than to be poor or it's better to be dead than not live with your biological parents. Now, I, I do think that there is a sense of self selfishness in this. I think there are some women who really would rather if if they can't have their baby for their own they would rather no one have their baby i think there is a bit of selfishness in there um obviously that that doesn't encompass everyone in this but i think that is part of it but i mean how do you think that makes these kids feel right because some of these kids who are in foster care or they are up for adoption um they are hearing these things they are seeing these things and you are telling them that they are better off dead is basically what that statement is portraying to them. Now, maybe you don't really mean that, right? Maybe you don't mean that those kids are better off dead. But but that is how they will translate it, almost certainly. Those kids do matter. Now, I'll get more into this in the what's next section because, yeah, the adoption system sucks. And the uh, the foster care system needs some reamping. all right? 
I will not deny that. Uh, we will get more into that into in the uh, next section. All right. Another statement is, uh, what about people who are raped or uh, conceived in incest? Okay. Uh, that's a heavy one. Like, I know people who are like, all right, I am anti-abortion, but, uh, you know, if it's rape or incest, then all right, go ahead and kill the thing. that's the hard one. And even in a lot of these stricter states where they are getting rid of abortion, they're uh, making it so that it's still okay to have an abortion in one of those situations. Here's something to keep in mind. Is those people are still people? Now, let's say, I don't know. Let's say you're out getting a coffee, right? And a judge walks in or a doctor walks in, I should say. And they tell you, your dad just murdered someone. And we're going to kill you because he did that. What? That's mind-boggling. That doesn't make any sense. The child should not pay for the sins of the father. They shouldn't. Now, I know this is hard, um, but these are why uh, in the what's next category, again, we're going to get a little bit more in, into, okay, well, what does this actually mean? How do we actually help these women who are in these situations? Um, not to discredit that because this is this is a problem, right? This is something that does happen. But if you guys really want to know something sad is if you think that that is brought up a lot because it's a true reality, it's not. It's brought up because it does hit us emotionally and it's like, oh yeah, that's bad. That's that's wrong. Less than one percent, less than one percent of abortions are because of rape or incest. We are taught and told by the media and by politicians and by actors that that is normal. That's why most abortions happen. No, most abortions happen because a young single woman uh, yes, 85% of abortions happen from single people. Um, most of it's because they're not ready for that responsibility. And kind of going back to the cultural thing, a lot of it comes from we have told women that they can't be all that they want to be and do all that they want to do if they have a child weighing them down. If you have a kid, then, oh, there goes your career. Or, oh, you're not going to be able to travel anymore. This is not true. Now, are some of those things going to become harder? Sure. But I'll tell you, based on some of the women I know in my life, women are superheroes. Women are way cooler and more badass than almost any man I know. The average woman is more so than any man that I know. They are tough. They put up with a lot. And they can do anything that they put their minds to. And this whole movement of murdering our children, it, it says otherwise. Something to keep in mind. I didn't have that on my notes. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, something else to keep in mind is that killing the baby doesn't undo the rape. It doesn't. Women who are raped usually remember the date that it happens. And when that day rolls around every year, it is a hard thing for them to carry. But 
flip side, they also will then have that with their abortion. Now, granted, it's either one or three or one in four abortions are repeat abortions, right? So this is obviously not going to, it's obviously not going to hurt everyone, but most women who get abortions, it is something that they either felt like they had to do, or it's something that they were forced to do and they didn't want to do it, right? I mean, who who do you think benefits the most, right? It's people like Hugh Hefner, the founder of Playboy, right? Who can exploit women and use them to his gain to make more money. It's them, pimps, rapists. These are people who love abortion. They will convince women to get abortion, even if it's not something that they're sure they want to do, which now Planned Parenthood kind of does that too, because they have to make their bottom line. But these are also now extra days of pain and sorrow that these women now have to carry. And that's that. All right, let's start this last topic off. What's next with another statement that we can rebuttal, right? You are not pro-life, you are (laughs) pro-birth. Okay, yeah. I I see why people might say that is because people have this false understanding of uh, how people can get help, right? Now, granted, not everyone's going to know about these pregnancy resource centers or these uh, crisis pregnancy centers, as they used to be called. Uh, but there, for every one Planned Parenthood center there is, there are three of these pregnancy resource centers. These are people who have volunteered countless hours to help these women through these situations, not just during the pregnancy, but after as well. Giving them a place to be, helping them get up on their feet, helping them find jobs, getting them food, uh, getting them diapers, cribs, all sorts of things. And so, yeah, again, for there's almost three times as many of them as there are Planned Parenthood centers. Like, these women have other options. Now, again, I think part of it is ignorance, but I think a lot of it is also that people just don't know. I think people just don't know. Now, it's also important that that statement that you're pro-birth, not pro-life, is mostly targeted towards right-winged conservative Christians. It should also be pointed out that most of those pregnancy resource centers are owned and run, and most of their volunteers are conservative Christians. (laughs) Just thought I thought that should be stated. Uh, And also, like, for every 11 babies adopted, I think only one is adopted by a non-Christian family. It's mostly Christians who are who have this calling, right? Which makes sense. We are told to be fruitful and to multiply, but not every family is blessed with that. And some families even well into like past when they should biologically uh, or, uh, you know, physically they shouldn't keep having more kids. Well, they, they might still have that desire. They might still have that desire to, to, to raise good godly people. Right. So that's why you see that most people who are adopting are Christians. So this whole if you're pro you're pro you're pro birth, you're not pro life, you stupid conservative Christian. <laughs> um no, the facts don't add up. All right. So what is really next? Right? Okay, so first off, these pregnancy resource centers are awesome. 
if if you have the time to volunteer at one, look at or look around, see if there are some in your local area. There probably are. I don't know how many there are in in, in the country, but there's you know if there's uh, three for every one Planned Parenthood, uh, there's a lot of them. See if they see if there's something you can do for them, right? Maybe you can uh, volunteer, right? Maybe you can help set up these appointments, uh, or maybe you can, uh, you know, even if you if you're financially well off and you've been blessed in in that department, uh, maybe maybe you can make a donation, something like that. But these women uh, need our help because a lot of what 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 happens is maybe they don't even want to get rid of their baby. Maybe it's something like I'm in an abusive relationship and I don't know where to go, right? And this, these pregnancy resource centers are going to help keep the mom safe, give her somewhere else to be while that's all worked out. Or maybe she's drugged up and she needs somewhere to come down from her drugs. Well, these, these places are places to help her, right? And these are places that are free, right? Uh, and they are also equipped to help women get insurance uh, so that they can have their baby. We are told that um, there are just certain uh, social places where you are just not allowed to have healthcare. Like you just can't get insurance if you're if you if you make this little money, then boom, you can't get insurance. Don't get hurt. Don't have to go to the hospital because you're screwed. Right? Uh, that's not true. The problem is, is a lot of it is just complicated mumbo jumbo. Um that someone like myself, who isn't an expert in that field, wouldn't know what to do for myself or someone else, right? But these resource centers, they will help women figure that out. They have actual lawyers who will help. They have social workers who will help. Um, that's what they're there for. So it's, it's not just important that we help these resource centers, which it is, but it's also important that we spread the word about them. Like, if, if, if you have someone in your life who you know is pregnant, uh, now granted, if they're vocal about being pregnant, they've probably chosen to keep the child. But maybe just mention it. If you know that there's a, a, a pregnancy resource center in the general area, maybe just mention it, right? And maybe they didn't know about it. Maybe there is something that they can help, help her with, even if it's something that, you know, it's not necessarily something she needs. It's, it'll be good for her to know in case something changes, right? And that's uh, then something that she'll know and she can pass on to someone else who might need it, right? Maybe her best friend also will get pregnant, but she's not so excited. Maybe she's doesn't know what to do. Maybe she's in a, a complicated or toxic relationship and she needs somewhere safe to be, right? Well, now she knows because you told her, right? Um, but again, what else can we do, right? Because that can't be the end of the story, right? Uh, if you are in a position where you can adopt or foster children, I think it's important that you do so. This is something that my wife and I have talked about a little bit. We were surprised that we got pregnant as early as we did. Um, my wife has some health complications, and my parents had a hard time getting pregnant, which is crazy to think about because they have four kids. Um, so we kind of thought that it might be hard for us to have kids. So then I was like, okay, well, would we be up to adopt? Well, yeah. And I think it is something that we're going to consider as we go farther into life. You know, maybe my, my, my wife will get to a point where she's like, okay, I can't literally push any more babies out of me. 
this is too hard on my body at this point. I can't do it anymore. Well, okay. Well, we joke all the time about having 12 kids. Now that's obviously, obviously a joke. We can't do that. But maybe we could adopt. Maybe we can foster kids. Um, that's something that's not in the cards for us for a few years. We're very young. We're both 23. Uh, when Maya arrives in November, my wife will freshly be 24. We're, we are too young and inexperienced to realistically go adopt or start fostering. But a lot of the people who are going to be listening to this, you guys are probably older than us or in a similar position to where there's something you can do, right? And you know what almost everyone in the, who's listening to this podcast can do is they can vote, right? Talk to local politicians if you can. Send them an email. A lot of them are going to talk like they're they're big and they're tough and important, but a lot of them are going to respond to your emails <laughs> or they'll see them at least or their intern will or something. Uh, we need to start making sure that adoption in the foster system is we do need to have some kind of process, right? We can't just let any buffoon adopt a child, right? There are bad people in the world. There are people who shouldn't be around children, right? But we need to make it so that those are the rare occurrences, right? We need to make sure that anyone who is logically able (laughs) to take care of a child in a well, like for sure, like like that kid's not going to go without food. That kid's going to get Uh, a good education and that kid um, is not going to be abused by these parents. If we can like check those couple of things, maybe a couple other things, then there should be no more question, right? And should be this long vigorous process of it just being impossible for kids to get adopted or for parents to be hosts. Right. So make your voices heard. Anything you can do. If, if, If you, if you're in a position uh, to adopt or to foster, uh, I, I encourage you to do so, or at least talk with your spouse about making that happen. But otherwise, uh, do what you can to make it easier for other people. Um, so what else is next? All right, this is the last thing I have in my notes. This has been a long episode. It's been a heavy topic. Thank you guys for sticking with it. Uh, last point I want to make here. We need to teach our children about the sanctity of life, Right. And there's a lot of things that go into this, right? Like studies are starting to show that millennials who are, uh, they're what, late 20s, early 30s at this point, people who are having kids. Uh, This generation is the generation who has believed in God the least, right? We are in a generation that doesn't believe that life has meaning. We are in a generation that thinks we are all just accidental stardust, And we are a speck in the universe that will come and go. And there is nothing before and there is nothing after. And there is no soul. And that is, well, depressing, but it's wrong. And we need to teach our our children that life matters. And, And the thing is, is I think even if you don't believe in God, I think you can still somehow justify life mattering. I would have to think about that. But I think you can, right? Because I know people who are who are atheists or agnostic, and you know, they still have things they enjoy, right? They would still say that they'd be sad if a family member passed away, right? Or like, there's things that they enjoy doing, right? Like, <laughs> agnostics and atheists are not all just doom and gloom people. I mean, some of them are, but most of them aren't, right? 
but we need to make sure that we are addressing that from the earliest age possible so that by the time they are old enough to make their own decisions, that there's no question. There's no question that life has meaning, life has purpose, and all life matters, and all life should be protected, right? (sighs) Well, I'm tired. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for sticking with this first episode of the Godly Fathers podcast. Uh, If you've listened this long, I assume you guys are going to be interested in what else is to come. Again, episode two is going to be a lot more lighthearted. So uh, look forward to that. I'll be releasing a new episode every other week. And uh, yeah, we'll try to keep it light. We'll have some fun with this. And we'll also talk about the serious stuff when we need to. Um, But thank you guys. God bless. And I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Godly Fathers Podcast. If you'd like to support the show, head over to anchor.fm slash the Godly Fathers Podcast to make a donation. Make sure to follow our podcast and leave a positive review as well as share it with a friend who you think might like it. You can keep up to date with us on Facebook and Instagram at the Godly Fathers Podcast. The song used in the intro and outro of this podcast is The Pit by my band Tundra. And until next time, have a great couple of weeks and uh, God bless.